We're in the book of uh, Proverbs, um, and I hope you've been finding this, this series in Proverbs as helpful as I have. Um, what it shows really is that there is a way to live wisely. There is a way to live that works. It's not that we always have to just kind of bumble through life and sort of learn from our mistakes, although obviously there's an element of that as well perhaps, but there is a way to live that works. So over the past few weeks, we've heard that there's a way of approaching marriage that works. There's a way of handling money that works. There's a way of thinking about work that is wise. And this morning, as Neil said, we're, we're looking at friendship. Um, and, and as we look at this morning at what the book of Proverbs says about friendship, really there's one thing I want you to kind of be thinking about, and that is this. It's who am I walking with? Who am I walking with through life? I've been on many um, actual walks in my life. I'm from a family who love to go out walking in Cornwall. Um, but one of the most memorable walks that I've been on in life was um, about seven or eight years ago, we were with friends in Scotland, um, and we walked up um, Ben Moor in Scotland. Um, I guess it's a, a hill. I would think of it more as a mountain. It, it seemed a bit like that. And it was one of these walks where it started with good planning, with good intentions. We knew where we were going. We'd looked at the map. We had a compass with us. We'd planned it well. But it wasn't long before it turned into a bit more of an adventure. So about 10 minutes into the walk, my wife Alice was knee-deep in a bog. Um, and, and it was a tough walk. It was one of those walks where we, we really had no idea where we were a lot of the time. There were some tough climbs. It was foggy. Apparently, from the, the, from the pictures in the guidebook, the view from the top was amazing. But, <laughs> but we saw nothing of that at all. And it was wet, and it, was, and it hurt, and it was hard. But it was one of those walks where, when it came to an end... We were really glad we'd done it. And, and we were really glad that we'd done it with friends. Because our friendship had grown as a result of it. We'd been through some tough things. We'd been through some slightly easier things, some fun moments. Um, and we'd been through them together. And our friendship had grown. And I think that's what friendship is about, isn't it? it friendship enriches our lives. It enriches our lives in a way that other kinds of relationships don't do. Maybe romantic relationships or family It enriches our lives in a different way. And friendship matters to God. The book of Proverbs has some really interesting things to say about friendship. Some really positive things to say, and also some warnings as well. So what we're going to do, we're going to hear um, four things from the book of Proverbs about friendship. I'm going to ask Charlotte to come up and just read those through. And then we're going to look at them each in a bit more detail. You don't need to follow these in your Bible. We're going to be kind of jumping around through different Proverbs. So Charlotte, if you could just come and read those, that would be helpful. Thank you. Um, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Like one who takes away a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar poured on a wound, is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. That's great. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you very much. So we're going to look at these things, and really I want to, I want to look, at, look at three particular things this morning. Three things to do with choosing friends wisely. The first thing is how exclusive should I be? The second thing, what makes a good friend? And the third thing How can I find one, and how can I be one? So first of all, how exclusive should I be? Can we get Proverbs 13, 20 back on the screen, please? Thanks. 
So it says this, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. One thing is really clear from what the book of Proverbs says about friendship and it's this, it matters who you're walking with. It matters who you're walking with. And one of the reasons is that our friends influence us. They influence us in all kinds of different ways. They influence our behavior. They influence our attitudes, the way we respond to things. I, was, I used to, um, with a group of friends, used to go um, and climb rocks in, in Cornwall. Um, we used to, in the summer holidays, we used to cycle to the beach and we used to walk around the coast and we used to jump off these rocks into the sea. And what we would do is we would kind of encourage each other to go up higher and higher rocks and then jump off those rocks. And, they, and, and really, we were, we were jumping off some pretty high rocks. They were, they were rocks that I would never have climbed up and jumped off if I was on my own. But friends egg each other on. They encourage each other. They influence each other. If you're a, if you're a parent, you'll have seen this. We've got a, a six-year-old, Natalie, um, and she's just in year one at school, but already she comes home with all kinds of different language and different kinds of behavior. And we think, where did that come from? That's not from us. And it's from our friends. Our friends influence her. And you'll know if you're a parent, it's quite hard this, because your, your influence on them becomes less as they grow up, and their friends' influence becomes more. Difficult thing to deal with as a parent. And I've seen this as a youth pastor as well. One of the hardest things as a youth pastor is when you have young people who are really, really passionate about Jesus. They're, they're really growing in their faith. They're going for God, and they're young leaders in the church, and then they get pulled away by the influence of friends outside the church. And I understand that because I've been there myself. I've done it myself. But it's hard because you think, actually, no, your faith is important to you. Don't allow your, your friends to influence you in that way. And so if we want to live for God, it matters who we're walking with. Jesus, of course, had a reputation for, for, for hanging out with all kinds of different people. But it was always him having an influence on them rather than them influencing him. It matters who we're walking with. Or maybe you find the idea of choosing friends quite difficult and problematic. Because the thing is, if you're choosing to be friends with some people, you're choosing not to be friends with others. We can't we just have a time in our busy lifestyles to spend committed time with all kinds of different people. So we have to be quite exclusive. But if you've ever been on the outside of a clique, one of those group of friends who know each other really well, it's a really hurtful place to be. There's all these kind of in-jokes and nods and winks that exclude you because you don't understand what's going on. So how exclusive should we be with friendship? Well, one thing I think that's really helpful is to look at how Jesus did friendship. So Jesus had different levels of friendships. He always hung out with, he hung out with big groups of people, so there were the 5,000, the feeding of the 5,000. And Jesus loved everyone. And he spent time with people that no one else would have time for. But there were also smaller groups of friends that he had too. So there were the 72 that he sent out into ministry. And you might have a group of this sort of size as well. People that you see on a day-to-day basis. Maybe work colleagues. Or if you're at school, people that you go to school with. Or university with. People that you interact with on a daily basis. But Jesus then had a smaller group of friends as well. And this is where it gets a bit more intentional, I think. Jesus had these 12 followers. And if you look through the the gospel accounts, you see that actually these people are named. And we hear a bit more about their characters. And Jesus had meals with these people. And if if you're very fortunate, you will have a group of friends like this who you go through life with. And they enrich your life. And you'll know things about their family. Maybe you know their children's names. and And you spend a lot of time with them. But Jesus from that 12 then 
had another group. He had this inner circle of friends. It's Peter, James, and John. And with Peter, James, and John, he had a level of friendship, a level of intimacy and honesty and openness that perhaps he didn't have with the bigger group. Really interesting to look at the, at the gospel accounts. You see that actually these friends, Peter, James, and John, were with Jesus at perhaps the highest point of his ministry and the lowest point of his ministry. So they're with him as he's transfigured on the mountain and they see him in his glory. And then they're with him as well in the Garden of Gethsemane at this low point before the cross. And it's interesting to look at this. If we get that on the screen actually in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 14, is that there? That's great, thank you. You get a really good picture here of these different levels of friendship that Jesus had. It says this, They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. So this outer group of disciples only get to go so far And then Peter, James, and John, this inner circle, get to see the raw emotion, what Jesus is really going through, his distress and his sorrow. And there's a deeper level of honesty and openness and trust. And if you're really fortunate, you'll have this kind of inner circle of friends like that, this inner group who you can be honest and open with. And I think it's wise to have these different levels of friendship. But the other thing I think these days is that social media has kind of blurred the boundaries on friendship a bit. So you might be on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, and it might be that you've got, say, 500 friends on Facebook. I don't know. Let's say 500 friends on Facebook. It's likely that if you printed off a list of all these friends on Facebook, you might not even know some of those people on Facebook, some of those people who are your friends. Or it might be that actually some of them are people that you used to know really well, but you've deliberately chosen not to spend time with anymore. So that's why Facebook and Instagram and Twitter aren't really safe places to share your most vulnerable feelings. If there's there's things that you want to be open and honest about, you want to know that actually it's not going to go outside of the room. That you you want to know that actually it's a safe place to share and social media isn't the place to do that. So it matters who you walk with. That's the first point. It matters. Be intentional about your friendships. So second point, what makes a good friend? What does a good friend look like? If we're going to walk through life with people, what does a good walking partner look like? I think the book of Proverbs suggests three things. We can take that off the screen now. That's great. Thank you. Um, Three things um, that that a good friend will be. They'll be faithful, they'll be truthful, and they'll be tactful. Faithful, truthful, and tactful. It's not an exhaustive list. There's probably other things there'll be as well. But from the book of Proverbs, those are the things that stand out. And we're going to go through those things. What I'm not asking you to do as we go through these things is kind of to rate your friends. I'm not asking you to to kind of see how your friends measure up against this so you can kind of cut some loose at the end of the meeting. That's not what this is about. But it it might help you to think about which of your friendships are the really important ones, which ones you really want to pursue. And it might also, of course, help you think about how you can be a good friend to others. So I want to be a good friend. How do I do it? What what will it mean? What will it cost me? So let's look at these things. First of all, a good friend will be faithful. So if we can get Proverbs 17.17 on the screen. That's great. Thank you. Proverbs 17.17 says this. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. So at the Christian Youth Festival New Day last summer, um, our young people were part of a a huge survey that took place in Norfolk. 
And they were sent out in groups, and they were sent out to people's houses and into, to see people in the street and to ask one question. And the question they asked was this, what hurts the most? What hurts the most? A deep question. And one of the most common responses to the question, what hurts the most, was loneliness. People said that they were lonely. Many people said they felt cut off and isolated from others. Others said that they, they felt they had no one to turn to in a crisis. And our world can be incredibly tough sometimes. And when you're walking through life on your own, it is a very, very difficult place to be. And it's why friendship is so important. Well, this proverb says that to be a, a true friend is to love at all times. And that means the tough times as well as the good times. And if we want to be a friend, it means that actually we need to love people even when they're going through tough things. Even when, in all kinds of different ways, they might be really unlovable. And they might be really hard to love. But that's what it means to be a true friend, to love at all times. It means to love even when there's a cost. Do you have friends like that? Since we've been in this church, Alice and I, we've been in this church for about 10 years now, we've experienced incredible friendship in this church. We know that we have friends in this church who we could call on at any time of our lives, at any time, day or night, and they would be there. And there'd be no questions asked, and there'd be no sense of judgment. They would just be there for us. We have friends like that, and we're so grateful for that. It's wonderful when you've got friends like that. And the strongest friendships are those that have gone through those difficult times, that have been tested in the tough times, and that have been found to last. A friend loves at all times. But I think at all times means more than that too. I think it means what? How do you talk about your friends even when they can't hear you? How do you talk about your close friends even when they're not in the room? I wonder if you've experienced this where you, you think you have this great friendship with someone, but then you've heard that behind your back they've said all kinds of negative things about you or they've gossiped about you. That's a horrible thing to, a horrible thing to be in. It's a horrible place to be. But the opposite of that is incredible when you know that you've got friends who will back you up even when you're not around, who will be completely loyal and faithful to you even when you're not there to hear it. A good friend will love at all times. They'll speak highly of you even when you're not in the room. A good friend is faithful. So that's the first thing. A good friend will be faithful. Secondly, a good friend will be truthful. So Proverbs 27.6 says this, Wounds from a friend can be trusted. But an enemy multiplies kisses. What does this mean? It means that actually a good friend will be so honest with you that sometimes it will wound you. That sometimes it will hurt you to hear what they say. Most of the time I think we don't go for that level of honesty. We just go for kind of approval because we're worried we're going to offend people. I wonder if you've seen the early rounds of X Factor or Britain's Got Talent where there's people there who, who really aren't very good. And what you wish, actually, is that they had someone in their lives, those people, who had just been honest with them and said to them, you cannot sing. You can't sing. I love you. I think you're brilliant in all kinds of different ways, but singing is not your gift. Don't go on this show and totally humiliate yourself in front of people. See, we need people who will be honest to us. We need that. There's a book, um, not a Christian book, but one of the best-selling um, self-help books of all time, How to Win Friends and Influence People, by a guy called Dale Carnegie. And he writes this, 
The difference between appreciation and flattery is simple. One is sincere and the other insincere. One comes from the heart out, the other from the teeth out. I love that. What a great, what a great description of, of flattery because there's no depth to it. It just comes from the teeth. It doesn't come from the heart. Far too many conversations I've had in my life have been shallow conversations. And you walk away from those conversations and you think, I wish there'd be more depth. I wish there'd be more honesty in that conversation. A good friendship will allow you to say the difficult thing. If you keep doing this, if you keep living in this way, you're going to get hurt. I don't want to see you get hurt like that. Let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. A good friendship will allow you to do that, will allow you to be honest. And this is not an open door to go around being critical of everyone and telling them they're rubbish. But actually, if you've got that strong friendship, you'll be able to do that, to be honest with people, to be accountable to people. I wonder if you have that. Do you have that small group of friends who you can be deeply honest with? And how do you respond when someone like that, a close friend, is honest to you? Because you're going to get wounded. It's going to hurt. But how do you respond to that? Do you allow them to do that? Or do you kind of say, I'm not going to speak to you anymore because that's offended me? Actually, you have, we have to allow friends to be honest with us. We have to allow that. It will help us to grow when we allow friends to be honest like that. So a good friend will be faithful and they'll be truthful. And thirdly, a good friend will be tactful. So Proverbs 25.20 says this, Like one who takes away a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar poured on a wound, is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. I think this is a really interesting one. Because when I read this through, first of all, I thought, if I've got a heavy heart, I quite like to hear songs. That's quite, that's quite a nice thing to hear. But actually, this is about, it's about singing songs of joy to a heavy heart. It's a timing thing. It's a timing thing. I wonder if you've ever had this, where you've shared something with somebody, and their response has completely missed the mark. It's completely missed the mark, and it's probably made matters even worse. And maybe it's not that they've sung you a cheery song. Maybe it's a... Maybe it's a poor attempt at humor. Maybe it's a glib remark. Maybe even, dare I say it, maybe even it's a Bible passage that has been delivered out of context and poorly thought through. Sometimes they can really miss the mark and it can hurt even more. A great friend will know you well enough to know when a pull yourself together is the right response and when you just need someone just to stand with you through it, to go with you through things. There is a level of tact that good friends, great friends have. I wonder, do you have friends like that? Do you have friends who know you that well, who know what makes you tick, who know what winds you up? Do you allow yourself to be known that well? A good friend will be tactful. They'll be tactful. So a good friend will be faithful, they'll be truthful, and they'll be tactful. So how can you find one of these friends? And how can you be one as well? Well, I wonder how you feel um, as I kind of go through those things, as I go through faithful, truthful, tactful. I wonder how you feel in response to that. What it might do is it might give you a deep sense of longing to have a friend like that. Maybe you're someone who's been let down by friends or you're someone who feels particularly lonely and you would love to have a friend who is all those things, who's faithful to you, who's truthful, who's tactful. Or maybe actually as you hear those things, you feel quite guilty because you realize how far short you fall as a friend to others. As I was going through this talk, I was reminded 
how many times I've let down friends. How many times I've let down people who I've been really close to and they've been going through deeply difficult things in their lives and I've not been there for them for whatever reason. Maybe because I'm too busy or too distracted or just too selfish to get involved. How do we, how do we deal with this? If, if a true friend is like that, if the book of Proverbs says a true friend should be faithful, truthful, tactful, what do we do? And I think the answer is to have one other friendship in your life that is deeper that is more honest, that is more intimate than all of your earthly friendships. And all of your earthly friendships. Let me just take you back a minute to that, that story of the Garden of Gethsemane. When Jesus is there in the garden, his disciples, so the 12 disciples go to, to one point. He takes Peter, James, and John on further. But then he even asks Peter, James, and John to stop and to stay there and watch while he goes on and talks to his father. There's a level of intimacy that is just between Jesus and his father. Really important that we understand this, that friends actually can only go with us so far. They can only go so far with us. There's some stuff that is just between you and God. And you know, Jesus is the perfect friend. When we're looking for a friend who is faithful, who is truthful, who is tactful, actually all our friends are going to fall short because they're human beings. They're going to fall short. When Jesus went back to Peter, James, and John, they were asleep. All our friends will fall short. Only Jesus is the perfect friend. So he's tactful. He knows us. He knows our deepest anxieties, our deepest fears. He knows what makes us happy. He knows what winds us up. Those things that you try and express to other people but you can't even put into words, Jesus understands those things. He knows us like that. He is truthful, deeply truthful. Sometimes he will say things to you. The Holy Spirit will put things on your heart. He will, he will talk to you about ways that you've, you've been with people, perhaps things you've done or thought or said that are wrong, and he's deeply honest with you in that loving, kind way. The Holy Spirit is honest and truthful. There's no one as truthful as he is. And he is fiercely, fiercely faithful to you. John 15, 13 says this, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. That is what Jesus did for us. That is true friendship. That when we were totally unlovable, he went to the cross for us. Why did he do it? So that we could have friendship with God, the Father, and so that we can have friendship with each other. It's all about relationship. It's why he did it. He is the perfect friend. And now if you're someone who's put your trust and your faith in Jesus, he calls you friend. That is amazing. He calls you friend. It's incredible. I wonder, do you have that level of intimacy and openness and honesty with Jesus? Is Jesus the person who you go to with your deepest, most intimate feelings, most intimate thoughts? Friends can only go so far with you. If you place too much expectation and emphasis on your friends, they will disappoint you. They will let you down and it will crush you. It will crush you. But when you make Jesus the deepest, most important, most significant, most intimate friendship in your life, actually, it puts you in a better place to be a good friend to others and to find good friends. And the reason for that is because actually you won't seek the, the approval of your friends so much because you know you're already approved of by the one whose opinion matters most. It's true. 
When you spend time with God, actually, he will highlight certain people who you need to look out for. Alice, my wife, is amazing at this. She'll spend time with God, and then she'll say, I think you need to phone this person, or I think you need to spend time with this person, because God puts people on our hearts. So when we know him as our deepest friend, actually, it helps our earthly friendships too. And when you know what Jesus has done for you, that the lengths that he went to to bring you back into relationship with him, Actually, it makes you want to give yourself for others. It makes you want to sacrifice yourself for others. And you know, in the church, in this beautiful, rich, diverse community of God, it's a great place for finding friends. It's a great place for finding friends. Because the great friendships are not about the friendship themselves. It's when two people stand together, two or more people stand together, and they're looking together at a common interest. C.S. Lewis, the author C.S. Lewis, writes this. Friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, What? You too? I thought I was the only one. So friendships are about this common interest. And in the the community of God in the church, actually you can have friendships with people who are from totally different backgrounds to you, totally different nationalities, different ages, who all have this shared common interest, who all have this deep passion that they love and they know Jesus. So when you put Jesus first, when you have Jesus as your your deepest, most intimate, closest friend, actually it helps your earthly friendships too. So who are you walking with? Who are you walking with? Just to, just to kind of bring this to a close, let's, let's be intentional about friendships. Be intentional about who you're walking with. It matters who you're allowed to influence you. If there are people who are pulling you away from your relationship with God, actually, are these friendships that you really want to pursue? Be careful with the friendships that you have. Look for this group of people who you can walk through life with through the ups and downs of life, this amazing journey of life. Look for people you can walk through life with. Have this small group of friends who you can be accountable to. Have this honesty, this this trust, this openness with that small group of friends. But above all else, know Jesus as your deepest friend. Know Jesus as, as the friend who went to the cross for you who went to the cross to bring you back into deep relationship with your Father in heaven. He is the perfect friend. None of your earthly friends can come close to him. He's faithful, he's truthful, he's tactful. Amen? Amen.